for those who are interested in tracking the church here, Happy New Year. This is the first Sunday in Advent, which begins the official church year. So Happy New Year. The word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which is the translation of the Greek word parousia, meaning coming, presence, or arrival. And this word parousia is used 24 times in the New Testament. 17 of these 24, the word refers to the second coming of Christ. So for us as Christians, this season of Advent anticipates the coming of Christ from at least two different perspectives. One, we use this, this season to share in the ancient longing for the coming of Messiah, the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. And two, we use the season to be alert for his second coming. So yes, we are preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ into the world, but we are also remembering that we should be fully prepared for him to return when we least suspect it and to separate the prepared from the unprepared. Now, whether you pay attention to the church calendar or not, whether you are prepared or not, Christmas is still coming. There are just 23.5 shopping days left, and far less than that to put up your decorations, to pick out a tree, to put it up, to trim it, to wrap presents, to bake cookies, to address Christmas cards, to write little notes in them, and to send them out. So all of us, in some way or another, have our sights set on the end game called Christmas. The 25th day of the month, it's a defined deadline. Actually, the real deadline is probably sometime on the 24th if you want to be prepared for Christmas Day. So using a project planning um, path, and I don't have a, um, since we're only audio, I don't have a visual here for you, but, um, but you're, you picture a, 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 a project planning chart, which is sort of like a tree or a, or a root system, um, with the major trunk being Christmas, the deadline, and then branches out of that with subcategories. Let's say uh, a branch comes off of the, the main root that says gift category, and then there's a decoration uh, branch, and then there's a food category branch, and then there's a Christmas card branch. And then out of each of those branches, you can have subtasks with deadlines. So for instance, under the gift category, you would, have, you would list all the people that you, that you buy for and perhaps have ideas for them, then you schedule when you're going to go shopping for each of these. And then maybe there's another sub-branch off of that with budget. Okay, how much, how much cash can I, um, how much indebtedness am I going to do? Or how much cash do I have to spend? Maybe under the, uh, the decoration category, you figure, okay, am I going to decorate the same as I did last year? Do I have to buy new decorations? Um, where are they, first off? And um, do you need to get any more of them? And actually, of course, you know you have to get them out and test them because probably they're not going to work this year if, um, depending on how they were put away. Um, that happened to me the other day. So, so maybe you need to put, schedule some shopping time for decorations, but you have to check them out before them. So as you simply complete the categories and subtasks and schedules, it creates a beautifully manageable diagram, a sort of large upside-down branching tree diagram, useful for checking your progress, making sure you get the job done right and on time. This is sort of linear thinking. It's 
pretty gratifying for um, for the engineers in our midst and for uh, people who really like to, to nail a project. You like to have all the, the I's dotted, the T's crossed. Um, what you're doing is you're making all the unseen aspects of your reality visible, which allows you to be pretty clear on top of it and even keep your sound. I think for the first time ever, if you do this, we have a Christmas project managed and managed well. We can do this decently and in order like good Presbyterians. No fuss, no muss. We take the stress out of it, and we even hit the, we can hit the easy button. That was easy. You see, when Christmas is coming, we can take as much time as we need to prepare because it's a well-defined celebration of Christ coming into the world. It doesn't change dates. It, just, it doesn't just all of a sudden appear. We don't wake up one day and discover, oh my, it's Christmas. And that's a very good thing. But now let's look at another angle on Advent. We're looking for the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming of our Savior. You see, his word is trustworthy, so he is coming back. We're living in the in-between times. He came once, and he shall return. And so we come to a test question. Now this one, and I'm foot-stomping, is going to be on your final exam. Now did you hear, the, did you hear me say foot-stomp? You have to know this one. Who knows from our reading, who knows when Jesus Christ will return? Do any best-selling authors know? Does Howard Camping know? Does Nostradamus know? Do the angels know? Does Jesus Christ himself know? And the answer is, no, only God knows. So, will you buy a book that tells you when Christ is going to return? Even if it's a bestseller and everybody's buying it. No. Will you go to a movie that tells you when Christ is coming back? Again, no. Okay, good. So that one's going to be on the, on the exam. So instead of reading the books or going to the movies, what do we do? How do we pre prepare for Christ's return? Can we map it out, schedule it, create lead times, targets, milestones, and engineer our success to meet the second coming of Christ? Well, let's see. What do we know and what don't we know? We know that according to God's faithful and trustworthy word, Jesus Christ is coming back. What we don't know is the date or the time. So how do we relate to this? If you ever took a course where the teacher used top quizzes, you know what this feels like. So to do well, you had to pay attention in class, take good notes, review your notes, read the assignments, and do your homework every day. It was a moment-by-moment -moment preparation. You had to be prepared all the time. When you did that, you were ready for the pop quiz no matter when it occurred. You had to live prepared. Or what about driving your car? Have you ever been pulled over by a police officer and ticketed for speeding or violating any traffic signs? If yes, how did this occur? The performance standards were posted, visible, understandable, and clear. And yet, for some strange reason, you exceeded the limit or you ignored the sign and you were caught in the act. And when this happened, I bet you never saw the officer, did you? 
You could see the posted expectations of you. You knew what they were. More than likely, they were not a surprise. And since you have a driver's license, or you better, you knew there would be consequences and a cost for not obeying these expectations. But you couldn't see the enforcer. You didn't expect to be held accountable, did you? He came at a time that you did not anticipate. He surprised you. All of a sudden, out of the blue, a no-notice evaluation of your driving performance. So how do we apply this to our lives during Advent and beyond? How do we live prepared? How do we live in such a way that it really doesn't matter when the surprise occurs? I say it's very simple. It takes daily, daily practice. Each moment of our lives is a new opportunity to live prepared. Each moment of each hour of each new day is a gift from God to be used to pay attention, to listen, to love, and to serve. There's a, a passage in Romans that talks about our salvation is closer now than when we first believed. And it says that we should clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. So friends, we do that by moment by moment as we lovingly attend to those in our presence, as we listen carefully to those we interact with. In 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11, it says this. It says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and a sober mind, so that you may pray. It says, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Friends, we live prepared when we love each other deeply, moment by moment by moment. Well, last weekend, allow me a personal story. I was helping my son Jeff care for his high-energy daughters, those are my granddaughters, Ella, two and three quarters or so, and Autumn, who was one. As I was leaving Saturday night, I told Jeff what an amazing father he was. And as I was walking out the door, he said, Dad, I love you. Four simple words that just melt my heart. Yesterday, as Lisa and I were leaving a friend's 60th birthday party, he spent precious moments with us on our way out the door and said, I love you both. My dearest friends, every moment of our lives, we have an opportunity to love each other deeply with our words, our eyes, our ears, our touch, our time, and our attention. Our challenge today is to wake up from our slumber and open our eyes to the precious moments God gives us each day to love one another deeply. When we live every moment of our lives in love with God, having our hearts melted by the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and guided and filled by the Holy Spirit, we will be living, prepared for the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, no matter when he comes again. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you 
thank you for your ever-present love, your ever-present care and compassion for us. Lord, thank you for um, fulfilling us with your spirit and giving us the energy and the courage that we need each day, moment by moment, to love one another, to love you, and in that, living prepared for your coming, no matter when you surprise us. We pray this in the saving name, the awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen.